I'm Alex Wong, and the Wong Takes start now. What a time to be alive. It's March 13th, 2018, and it is the middle of March. And you know what that means if you follow sports. It is March Madness, the time of the year. When everybody, even people who don't watch college basketball, pull up a, well, used to be a piece of paper, now it's online, pull up a bracket online, uh, select the teams they think are going to win, often by unreasonable means, and everyone tries to be perfect, and no one can, and maybe that's a lesson in human perfection, that human perfection is impossible, I don't know, either way. Uh, The madness has actually already started. Uh, The round of 64 doesn't start until Thursday. But uh, the first four, the play-in games for two 16 seeds and two 11 seeds, and because this gets asked a lot, the two 11 seeds play because they're the worst teams uh, that were at-large bids. In other words, the worst of the teams that got into the tournament but didn't win their conference. So... Let's do an NCAA tournament preview. Now that we're here, might as well talk about it. Uh, I think for this preview of the NCAA tournament, uh, I'm going to do go region by region, and then we're going to have some general bracket advice at the very end, which uh, who knows how long it's going to be. But yeah, if you want to know how to fill out your bracket, I'm not going to tell you how to fill out your bracket. That's up to you. But I'm just going to give you some background on a lot of the big players uh, in this tournament. So, uh, let's actually start in this little preview thing that we're doing here. Let's start with the South region. Uh, This is going to be the region of Virginia. Virginia is the one seed uh, in this region, and I think they, like some of the other top teams uh, in this, this, uh, what is it called, region, uh, they don't get as much run nationally as I think they should, and I think that's because they're really big or heavier on defense and they're not flashy teams they don't have big name stars uh, like Oklahoma which we'll talk about later but they've just silently put together really good campaigns uh, and that's why they're high seeds in the tournament first is the one seed Virginia who won the ACC I'll be telling you how these teams got in just out of interest uh, the ACC champ they Virginia is a team notorious uh, particularly under Tony Bennett the most recent coach for having a very stingy defense and this year is no exception uh, college basketball teams usually score like what 60, 70 points. Virginia is allowed fifty three point four points per game, which is a ridiculously no low number. Like teams are scoring barely over a point a minute uh, against this Virginia squad, uh, and that has always given them generally a pretty high seed uh, in the tournament, especially in this last like half decade or so. Uh, in fact, in the since twenty twelve, which makes this now what the seventh year. So, so the last six times they were, uh, they played, last six seasons, they made the tournament five times. And yet, despite getting in and getting high seeds, they have not really had much big success. They've only, they've never been to the Final Four, for starters, which is, if not the championship, the main, one of the big goals for teams is to get to the Final Four because you beat your entire region. But they've only actually gotten to the second weekend, which is the Sweet 16. So in other words, they haven't, They've only won two games in the tournament twice. The other three times they got knocked out in either the first round or the second round. And I don't I think that speaks part of to the fact that 
uh, the Mar March Madness is like a one-game series. Like, you don't really have a chance. You don't have much room for error. So if a team gets hot uh, in the March Madness game, the team they're playing, their season's over. And I think that's part of the reason why Virginia, without having that explosive offense, um, doesn't have much room to, for people to get hot and are probably exposed to that kind of, that kind of getting knocked out. And their offense is a little better this year, uh, particularly one of their guards, Kyle Guy, is pretty hot. But I would still be wary about having this team going all the way. I know a lot of people, like, this is one of the best teams Virginia's had. And yet, I'm still wary about them getting, to say, to a Final Four or to winning a national championship. Uh, the two seed, which not many people, even people who are casual fans of college basketball, haven't really heard of, which is the Cincinnati Bearcats. They're the two seed, and they were the uh, AAC champ. And they, too, had a stingy defense, 57.1 points per game. And I think they got, they actually went 30-4 and four this year, which I think my, besides Virginia, I think is tied for the best record, or one of the best records in the country. Uh, and they're going to be a tough team to beat. Uh, they they, they kind of went under the radar. Not many people know about them, like I said, but they won this really good record, and they're going to be an interesting team to see in the tournament. Their only losses are, in fact, to one to a one seed in the tournament, Xavier, a four seed, Wichita State, a six seed Houston, another six seed Florida. So they don't really have any bad, bad losses. Like they're not. There's a really low chance of them losing in the first couple of rounds, uh, because they just their game is consistent enough that they don't play down to the level of their opponents. Like we see teams in college basketball, or even the NBA do. Like the Golden State Warriors do that a lot. Uh, and I, I think people. I think I wouldn't be surprised to see them make a deeper of a run than people think. Uh, the next seed in this conference is the or region is the three seed, the Tennessee Volunteers, uh, an SEC at-large bid, lost to Kentucky in the SEC championship game. And they can also be tough on defense, though they did struggle in that SEC championship game. Uh, and they're not coming... It's, it's, I'm going to talk a lot in this episode about like teams coming in hot or coming in cold. And I think it does mean something. I mean, people say it doesn't carry over, but it, there's a subconscious mentality that you still have. Like, if the last time you went on the four, you lost or you won. Um, and Tennessee hasn't had much experience in the tournament recently with this kind of environment. And I'll be curious if they can and if they can get deep uh, into the tournament. I wouldn't count on them to do it, but hey, it, it's March Madness. You, you really never know. Uh, next in this, this region, it's a pretty deep region. Uh, the four seed is Arizona, who won the Pac-12. And a lot of the talk leading up to the tournament has been their huge talent, uh, Deon center DeAndre Ayton who's just a towering dude. He can play down to the low post. He's agile. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a humongous presence uh, on defense. And he's going to be fun to watch. And not many teams have an answer for the talent that he is. Not many teams have been able to stop him, especially toward the end of the year when Arizona, or when he got hot uh, and Arizona won the Pac-12 championship. Uh, I think they, Arizona, they're going to have... A pretty tough road though because they uh, would have to of course or not of course but they would have to pit face potentially Virginia in the Sweet 16 assuming Virginia makes it to the Sweet 16 and they do but even before then uh, in the round of 32 they would have to face uh, what I think is one of the toughest uh, going to be one of the toughest opponents in this in this tournament the five seed in the uh, south Kentucky who won the SEC uh, Kentucky started off pretty mediocre um, especially within the conference, but they ended the year really hot. Um, they beat 
They beat some really good teams. I think they won maybe one of the tougher, well, definitely one of the power whatever conferences. Um, and they won the SEC championship. I think they could be a sleeper team, Kentucky. I know Kentucky under John Calipari is rarely ever a sleeper team. But, and they do have a tough draw if it goes chalk. Like, if the top seeds all win, which would be Davidson, Arizona, Virginia, then Cincinnati. But just the fact that they're peaking at the right time, like they have a bunch of talented guys uh, down low and and outside. Uh, And just watching them, like Kevin Knox, who's the young freshman for Kentucky, uh, he struggled early on in the year, but he's really starting to find his rhythm. Uh, And they could be a tough team. Uh, This as a whole, is going to be one of the tougher regions to bracket, uh, I think, the South region. And I th- I'm, I actually don't really think that... I don't see any teams in this region uh, coming and winning the national championship. I don't think any of these teams... I know, of course, it's, it's, a, it's the NCAA. It's March Madness. Anything can happen. But I think out of maybe even all the regions, I think this is the region that will be the toughest producing a national champion because they don't have any teams that are a combination of dominant or just really, really good, high-seeded, and have a relatively easy path to the Final Four, like we see with some of these other teams. Uh, So this is going to be an interesting region. Uh, We're actually doing pretty long. Uh, Let's go to the next region, the East. And this region is clearly the region of the one seed, which is Villanova. Uh, this team, the Big East champion, comes in as one of the betting favorites, I think, two, just two years after winning it all. Uh, and Villanova really, they, they had a tough schedule. They stepped up at the challenge all year. Uh, they beat fellow one seed in their division, Xavier, not once, but twice. They beat a Gonzaga team that is, I think, the fours of fours this year? I don't know, by double digits, though. And this is one of the teams that's used to winning all the time. And they won a tough conference tournament, including beating Providence, who had just come off beating Xavier in the final. So they had a tough, they're in a tough conference. The Big East is, of course, one of the most storied conferences in college basketball, uh, and they won it. In addition, Villanova's competition in this region, the, I forgot what your region is already, the East region, is not that strong. I mean, if you look at it, the two-seed Purdue, which is a Big Ten at-large team, is definitely a formidable squad, but they have hit poor streaks, like, they had a big winning streak, but they also, I think, had a five-game losing streak and a three-game losing streak. And they just lost in the Big Ten tournament to Michigan, who we'll talk about later. And so they're coming into the tournament cold. Uh, and it's going to be, I think, tough for Purdue to put together another run like they had in the past. It's definitely possible. This is a team where I think we'll see in the first weekend, because they have some po- probably easy opponents, like the 15 seed and then Arkansas or Butler in the round of 32. Um, but you really have to be like firing on all cylinders against Villanova. And I'm not sure if Purdue will see in those games if they can really develop a rhythm. It's going to be tough for them to beat the Wildcats. The three-seed Texas Tech, who's an SEC at-large, uh, they're also not the hottest right now. They've lost to unranked Baylor, unranked Oklahoma State, Kansas, and West Virginia twice in the last few weeks. Uh, even though some of those teams are tough, some of them are most definitely not, and they're within your conference. You should know them better. And I would look for for this Texas Tech team to be on upset alert uh, against Stephen F. Austin, who they're occasional upsetters. They've upset a few teams in the Mar- in March Madness in the past, coming out of the Southland Conference, and they also force a ton of turnovers. I think they they're the the most turning over team in the country, 
uh, by quite a bit. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a Texas Tech team fall. Um, at the same time, I don't know enough about them really to tell you everything, but it, it's going to be an interesting matchup, the 314 in that region. Uh, the four seed, Wichita State, which is an American at large, they have experienced two, of course, going to the Final Four, or no, uh, going, uh, I think, to the Elite Eight years ago. Um, but they face a pretty tough draw on their side, having to go through West Virginia and then Villanova, potentially, as their second and third games. Also facing Marshall, who is not a team to overlook in the first round. Uh, the five seed, as mentioned, West Virginia, Big 12 at large. I think they pose the biggest threat to Villanova within the region. Um, just because of their style of play, uh, the Press Virginia, they're notorious for, they, they're really good at making it tough on teams and just like making teams work really hard. It's not always that they're forcing turnovers, but the full court press they use all game, it wears you down, and when it comes down to a clutch situation, you're going to need that energy. Uh, plus, they're led by a poised veteran guy, Javon Carter, uh, who played very well throughout the Big 12 tournament, and he is going to be leading the Mountaineers. Uh, also, um, Villanova's, an interesting matchup would be the ninth seed Alabama, potentially in the round of 32, if Alabama can get past Virginia Tech, uh, which is an interesting matchup because Alabama's got one of the best players in the country, Colin Sexton, and I think that's a matchup that people want to see. Um, next region that we're going to talk about is the West region. This is the region of Xavier, and I really don't think there's there's a huge front runner in this region. Uh, the one seed is the Big East at large, and was actually projected by ESPN's BPI to be a four seed. So this isn't a team that has shown a lot uh, throughout the year. Uh, they do have senior leadership, like their talented guard Trayvon Blewett. Um, however, they did lose to some high-profile opponents in their conference, like losing to Villanova twice and losing to Providence twice. And they're going to face other pretty high-caliber teams in their region. Um, one example of a high-caliber team is going to be the two-seed, which is North Carolina and ACC at large. And they are, I think, probably, besides Duke, the strongest two-seed in this tournament, and it's not too close either. Uh, they played, be they definitely played better than their record, which is 25-10, and 10, and I think the committee saw that and saw them as deserving of a two-seed. And they had a really strong showing by beating Duke in the ACC semifinal before losing to the, one, the now one-seed, Virginia. And looking at how their uh, schedule works out, it's kind of hard to see them losing before the Elite Eight. Um, they're going to face Lipscomb in the first round. That should be an easy win. They're going to face either Providence or Texas A&M. Those teams are tough, but I don't think they stand a chance against the talent of UNC. And then the, But what's interesting is in the Sweet 16, I think if Michigan gets there, that's going to be a really fun one to watch. Now, Michigan, who won the Big Ten, uh, I think Michigan is actually going to be one of the tougher outs of this tournament, like North Carolina, because they won a difficult conference, so they have experience uh, playing these tough teams, these high or these tough games. And the Big Ten tournament, uh, because the Big Ten wanted their tournament to be in Madison Square Garden so bad, they actually booked it like a the uh, the championship game was like five or six days before the rest of the major power conferences. Uh, and they've had the time to rest from this rigor 
because I think people overlook conference tournaments are exhausting. Uh, if you are a lower seed or say you're in the middle of the pack and you don't get you only get one buy instead of two, especially in a tournament that has 14 teams, uh, conference has 14 teams like the SEC or the Big Ten, uh, you play like four straight days or three straight days. Uh, and that's not something to overlook. Like, there's a reason the NBA never schedules back-to-back-to-backs. It's because it's hard on players. And in college, even though the games are a little bit shorter than the NBA, it's harder on kids to play three, four nights in a row when they're used to getting uh, a night off or playing, like, two or three games a week. So people are saying Michigan might be rusty from their conference tournament. I think it will have the opposite effect. I think they'll be fresh and ready to go compared to some of the other power teams that come into this tournament. Um, and I think Michigan could beat UNC because they have an offense that can really catch fire, led by Mo Wagner and Abdul uh, Muhammad, Abdul Rahman, I'm pretty sure, Rahman. Um, and that, that will be a game that I will definitely tune into. Um, next in that region is the four-seed Gonzaga, who won the West Coast Conference. And they are fresh off of a Final Four run last year, a national championship uh, run last year, and they almost won the game. Um, they actually have a higher BPI ranking, which is ESPN's uh, metric, than one seed Xavier. And they actually perhaps could have one of the easier paths to the Sweet 16. Uh, and I think they could knock off, I think they have a potential to knock off Xavier. Uh, looking at the schedule, they're going to play UNC Greensboro, and then they're either Ohio State, which is one of, I think is one of the weaker five seeds, uh, and or South Dakota State, which of course they can handle. Uh, and Gonzaga's so used to winning, I mean, they went, like, what's the record, 30-4 and four this season. So Gonzaga's going to be a tough out, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the Elite Eight. Uh, outside of the top seeds, I think if you're filling out your brackets and you're in the West region, I think there are some opportunities for first-round upsets in this region. I think there'll be at least one, perhaps two. Um, the, what are the matchups? Seven, the 7-10 game, uh, Texas A&M versus Providence. Like I said, Providence. Uh, beat Xavier recently, and they were really close to beating Villanova. They actually went to overtime. Uh, And so that might be a potential upset. The next one, Houston-San Diego State. Uh, San Diego State, uh, they are winners of their last nine games, and I think they are coming in against a tough, or it's going to be a tough Houston matchup, but I think they could win. And also, uh, OSU-South Dakota State. I'm not exactly sure about OSU. I don't know how much they've uh, proven. They have some tough losses. And the Jackrabbits, I think, have upset teams before. So that's another fun one. So 5-12-6-11-7-10 in that region. Look for those. Uh, that's the West region. And finally, let's move into the Midwest region. This is a very, very top-heavy region. Uh, the one seed, the Big 12 champion, Kansas, they are, being one seed, of course, they've been respected by the community and everything, but I don't, I still think they're kind of underrated going into this tournament. A lot of teams, a lot of people are saying they're one of the weaker one seeds, and given their, uh, tournament history, they may have the potential to be knocked out earlier. Um, I think part of it has to do with their record. I mean, they went 13-5 and inside the conference, which is not... Uh, really, really good, but it is one of the toughest conferences in college football, having te- or, or college basketball, having teams like West Virginia and Texas Tech and Texas and those type of colleges. Uh, and they also won the conference uh, championship game against West Virginia and against in the tournament against other teams. 
meanwhile, on on the court, they have senior guards like Devontae Grams v. Mikhail Luke, and then they have two more talented backcourt guards, Gerald Vick, and the last name escapes me. Um, but they their backcourt is really good. Uh, they can shoot the three ball really well, and the leadership is going to help them, and the depth will help them, particularly in a tournament where people a lot of people are going to be tired. Uh, plus, they expect to have their starting center, Udoka Azabuki, back for the tournament. Uh, he got injured, uh, I think it was either before or during the Big 12 tournament, but either way, he couldn't play in the championship game, and yet Kansas was still able to come up with a victory against a tough, tough West Virginia squad. Uh, and the backup center for Kansas, Silvio Sousa, got key playing time and actually played well in the Big 12 championship game. So I think their depth is going to be a big plus for this Kansas team. Uh, they do have really stiff uh, competition at the top. The two-seed Duke, which is an ACC at large, will also be a very, very tough team to beat. Um, just like their blue blood brothers, North Carolina, uh, they have an interesting combination. Their star freshman, Marvin Bagley III, who's in a, probably going to go to the draft, he has to, uh, he's just as good as everyone expected coming out of high school. He's powerful, he's quick, he can score like no one's business. Um, and then also... Their guard, Grayson Allen, who seems like he's been in college forever, it's his last tournament, and he's going to be playing with some ferocity. He's already shown his ferocity by tripping a guy with his butt. But uh, Coach K will definitely have his team ready, and these guys will definitely be ready to take on uh, whoever they're going to have to play. But in the Elite Eight, uh, or the Sweet 16, I think this is going to be a fun matchup as well, like the Michigan potential Michigan-UNZ game, is a Duke-Michigan State game. The three-seed Michigan State, uh, who is a Big Ten at large, was one of the preseason favorites to win it all. Uh, and even though they struggled at certain points in the season, they have their losses at the end of the day came out really nicely. Uh, two seed the, to the two-seed Duke, the five-seed Ohio State, and twice to three-seed Michigan. Plus, they have one of the best players in the country in Miles Bridges. Uh, so they're going to be a tough out, and their competition doesn't look too bad either. Bucknell in the first round and a potential TCU, Arizona State, uh, or I think Syracuse uh, in, the, in the second round. So they don't really have any people that look like they're going to put them on upset alert, even though they did lose to the 15th seed a few years ago. Um, after that, though, none of these teams really stand out, going from number four down to number eight. You got Auburn, Clemson, TCU, Rhode Island, uh, and Seton Hall. None of those teams really stick out as guys that can really challenge these one, two, and three seeds. I'd be really surprised if any of those teams go to the Final Four. Uh, another interesting note from the Midwest before we move on to general bracket advice. Uh, Trey Young's Oklahoma squad sits at the 10 seed, and they will play Rhode Island. Now, of course, he got a lot of buzz this year. Not all of it deserved, but a lot of it deserved. And I think they got a pretty favorable draw. Um, Rhode Island is a, is a, it's a tough squad coming out of... What conference are they coming out of? I think it's... I forgot. But either way... Uh, I think this might be the Big East. Uh, they, they, they're not the toughest team. And then if Oklahoma gets hot, I think they can knock off Duke. I mean, it's going to be really hard. I know I just praise Duke and everything. Um, but if they can get past Duke and potentially Michigan State gets upset, they have a chance. So they're one of the better 10 seeds to come out in recent years. Um, and they're going to be a fun team to watch. Uh, okay, so general bracket advice. Uh, let's see. I guess one one tip I would give is don't sweat the small stuff. I mean, most of us are playing uh, bracket pools online where you have automated scoring. 
And generally when you have this type of automated scoring, picking the national champion correctly is worth just as much as getting every single round of 64 game uh, correct. Like you could get every single, you go 32 for 32, and it's worth just as much as picking the correct champion. So I mean, uh, just make sure you're confident in your national champion pick, because you're going to have to ride with them really a lot. And even if you fall behind in your bracket pool early, just hope that your higher scoring people, like your national champion, your final four uh, teams are still in the hunt, and you should be okay. Um, another piece of advice which would be to watch the first four, which is actually happening right now, and particularly the 11 seed matchups. The 16 seed matchups don't mean much. 16 seed has never beat a 1 seed. Um, but yeah, watch the 11 seed matchups because for each of the last seven years, exactly one team from the first four uh, has advanced past the round of 64. So uh, I would totally count on that happening again. And I think these teams are talented enough to do it. Uh, Bobby Hurley's uh, Arizona State team is very talented. Um, and it's going to it's gonna keep going. And you're not going to have all those teams get knocked out, so I'd suggest moving one of them on. Uh, and finally, just go with your gut at the end of the day. I mean, there's only so much research you can do. It's just, remember March Madness? It's called March Madness for a reason. It's just one game. You never know what's going to happen. Um, and just don't put too much thought into it. There's not, nothing you can do after a certain point. Uh, so just have some fun. Do what you can do. Uh, oh, yeah. Rhode Island's part of the A-10. Sorry about that. Anyway. Uh, yeah. And just do it. <laughs> uh, that's the bracket advice. And that took longer than I expected because I started a lot. But, yeah. Have fun. Next, let's actually... I think that w was worth the whole show. Uh, let's do one quick take just before we take off for the day. And that will be March Madness related, of course. And this one comes recently out of the University of Virginia, who I just talked about. Uh, their sixth man, DeAndre Hunter, will miss the NCAA tournament after suffering a wrist injury. Yeah, so this is a big hit to the Cavaliers, of course. Um, uh, Virginia, like I said, I'm not too confident about their ability to make a Final Four run, and this continues to hamper what uh, I've been saying about them. But this tweet from Carrie Miller uh, says, uh, it, is, it is worth pointing out that like teams can make deep runs even without players, with, even if they lose, even big players. And this guy is just the sixth man, so he's not one of their starters, but he's a big part of their uh, team still. Uh, when he points, Karen Miller points out that when Oregon lost Chris Boucher, who's one of their best players, right before the tournament, everyone wrote that team off and it still made a Final Four. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like I said, never read too much into anything. Go with your gut. But yeah, if you're looking to scrutinize the matchups and try to identify weaknesses in teams, uh, this injury is relatively significant. Um, Virginia, maybe this takes away if you're really on the fence with a matchup with Virginia, maybe you slide the other way uh, due to this news. But yeah, just sit down, uh, stream. I will do some plugs right now just because I can. Uh, you can watch the final uh, March Madness, of course, on CBS, TBS, True TV, and TNT. Uh, if you have Comcast, Xfinity, CBS will be channel 705, TBS 735, TNT 737. And True TV 748, because no one can ever find True TV uh, so much they have to run ads for it. 
Um, the first four is Tuesday and Wednesday. Round of 64 starts on Thursday, which goes Thursday to Friday. Uh, round of 32, Saturday, Sunday, uh, I believe. And then Sweet 16, Thursday, Friday, Elite 8, Saturday, Sunday. And then the last weekend, semifinals, Saturday, uh, championship on Monday of that week. Um, continuing on. Uh, do the brackets. ESPN Tournament Challenge is a big place to do your brackets. You can see celebrity brackets. You can make your own groups. You can make that on most websites. Do the official game on the NCAA website. Do CBS Sports. Ask friends if they have bracket pools. Make a bracket pool. I'd recommend doing a reward for the winner and a punishment for the loser just to add some extra motivation. If you can make it non-monetary, especially if you do already do betting with other stuff, that would be that's great just because it's nice to have an incentive other than money. Uh, enjoy the tournament. Thanks you so much for listening, and uh, for the first time in, like, ever, uh, I can actually give you a preview of next week. We're going to be talking a lot about the NFL. Also, of course, the tournament and the news going on in the tournament, but a lot about the NFL because there's a lot of moves that have been made uh, over the last few weeks, and I actually had some stuff written for today, but I decided to save it for next week. Uh, and those are going to be fun stories to talk about. So thank you so much. For listening to the podcast, you can check it out everywhere. Like on the website, bit.ly slash the long takes, the Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com slash the long takes, the email, the long takes at gmail.com. Of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, rate the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, download it, uh, send fan questions via the website, the email, the Patreon, uh, or just directly emailing. Everything is totally fine. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and of course, I will see you next week.